0: Thanks for joining us for Navigating Life Transitions, a podcast where we bring together advisors experienced in financial life planning to talk about ways to navigate life's biggest changes, challenges, opportunities, and decisions. From growing a family to losing a loved one, promotions, retirement, marriage, divorce, we discuss these pivotal moments that could benefit from the guidance a financial advisory team can provide. And today, we're going to talk about getting married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement surrounding the walk down the aisle, fairy tale feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> but taking a pragmatic approach to this commitment can really help you and your future spouse start off with a firm foundation. Joining me today are two advisors from JNBA Financial Advisors, serving clients in Minnesota, Florida, Florida. And throughout the U.S., Elise Houston and Chris Masley, who work with people who find themselves at this life transition, and they're both married—not to each other—but they've been down <laughs> that aisle too. So, at least when it comes to preparing for marriage, why why would you even consider bringing a financial advisor into the mix before the walk down the aisle?
1: Yeah. So there's you know. Having conversations about finances in advance so there's no surprises is so important. But statistics show that each generation seems to be waiting longer and longer to tie the knot. Many experts kind of point towards people's desire um, to just kind of have a greater focus on educational and career aspirations as the predominant reason why people aren't in as big as a hurry for both marriage and growing a family. Um, It's kind of interesting to know, know, back in the 1950s, the average age of a woman to get married for the first time was 20 years old. Today, survey data shows that the average 20-something woman is much more likely to seek a college degree or other education and marriage considerations really aren't a focus until maybe her late 20s or early 30s. So with the potential for two individuals to be more established in their lives, When they decide to get married, it can just be beneficial and strategic to take that time and prepare for combining your assets and also to think about what are your combined financial values going to be because you may also, too, have kind of a firm foundation of what you believe financially, what you learned from your parents, but now you've been doing this on your own for a while Um, and likely have kind of decided what you want your future to look like financially, too.
0: I I love that people are waiting. I remember when I was 20 and my parents and I ran into a family, their friend, and he was like, oh, you're 20. I guess it's about time to get married. I was so grateful because my mom, dad, and I all looked at him like he had three heads. (laughs) What are you talking about? So I never felt that pressure, but people are waiting. You're right. They're bringing more into it. So Chris, what things should people be considering as they head into this, regardless of what age they are at that time?
2: Well, I think, you know, at the most basic level, it's really just having open communication with one another. You know, we have the privilege of talking to a lot of newly engaged couples, you know, talking through existing family relationships. And we really try to help solidify what that financial foundation should look like in their lives moving forward. And I kind of like to think about it in three different pieces, you know, kind of past, present, future. And, you know, we, when we look at the past, has kind of, uh, you know, shared a little bit earlier on, you know, know each other's kind of money scripts. You know, that is to say, you know, what do your what does your partner value? That is to know what value your partner places on money. Um, are they spender or are they a saver? Um, when they were growing up, were there money issues or was money really kind of like one of those tools that you used um, to reach you know, certain goals? And then, you know, I think studies continuously show us that, you know, finances, money problems are one of the number one contributors to divorce. So let's just start, you know, with a fresh slate, you know, make sure everyone's on the same page looking, you know, ahead. And then it's really just helpful to look at the past um, so that you can look ahead. And then I would say, you know, the other thing is in the past, what kind of debt have you accumulated? What? kind of baggage are you going to bring into the marriage you know do you have student loans consumer debt maybe there's other financial obligations or even child support from a prior marriage and then i um, really just understanding each other's you know expectations and assumptions um so that you're on the same page and then I talk about the present you know as you prepare to say i do you know what's the game plan um, for when you get back from the honeymoon you know where do you want to live do you want to have kids um you know building out kind of a combined net worth statement um you know are are you um planning on combining all of your finances together and then you know building out a budget is really the basic level when you think about it too you know who's going to be paying for what um regardless if you're combining assets And just working through any differences, right? Um, When my wife and I got married, it was like I was one of those guys who, you know, grew up on Folgers, and I was completely happy with that. She was, like, very much like, hey, I want my caribou and my latte and my mocha, and hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast. But, you know, I think what kind of expectations and assumptions do we have? And then, um, you know, looking to the future, I think this is where I kind of like to call it a family constitution, right? What values, beliefs do you have together? You know, kind of create like a mission statement as a couple, as a family for your future. You know, what roles and responsibilities are you going to put on each other? What are you going to share? You know, what does travel and vacation look like? What kind of um, goals do you really have? And I think that's kind of the fun part we get to have is we get to navigate. Those conversations with um, with clients to really explore uh, what you know money means to them.
0: Yeah, I, you're just reminding me that it's, it's like you're building a foundation and the foundation, you need to know what, what materials are in that foundation, how mm-hmm. that foundation is put together in order to have a sustainable home on top of it. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is insurance as yeah. well to plan the, in, in that foundation. You want to plan for those things that you sometimes can't plan for.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even, you know, so yes, maybe you do have... Assets, maybe one, maybe one of you is, you know, bringing a child from a prior relationship to the marriage. So, how are we best protecting each other? Protect, be it disability insurance, life insurance. But I think a key one that's really important is you. Maybe both of you have been working for years, and you've been on your employer benefits and just taking advantage of what's available for you. But does it make sense now for someone to join the other person's health insurance plan combining benefits and really making sure that you're looking at what's going to be the best to make sure you're thinking through not only the maximum out-of-pocket expense as a family, maybe now we can increase your health savings account contributions. There's just a lot of things that you could look at in terms of not just even the insurance component, but employer benefits as well.
0: Oh, for sure. (laughs) everything changes, right? So beyond the basics here, um, it's part of that foundation too. And you kind of alluded to it, Chris, is understanding your risk and not just what is the risk, but your tolerance for the risk.
2: Yeah. Good point, Kim. You know, really one thing we spend a lot of time focusing on is risk tolerance, right? Now, granted, if you have a long time horizon, you know, risk tolerance can be a conversation where it's like well you have the ability to take risks because you have the time maybe if you're later in life second third marriage you know maybe have kids maybe you're not you know don't have that time horizon or you're not able to take that risk because maybe you do have to have liquidity uh, within the finances Mm -hmm. and so it is different for everyone but it is one point we really look at, because then it is, how do we want to allocate the 401ks, the retirement funds, the liquidity needs, you know, what percent do you have in stocks and bonds, et cetera, et cetera, right? Everything that, you know, usually when we have these conversations with folks, eyes start to glaze over, right? And so I think that's where it's important to work with an advisor to really make sure that your asset allocation investment strategy matches with your goals and objectives overall. And then, you know, the other big question we get is taxes, right? Once you tie the knot, you know, it doesn't matter. The IRS doesn't care if it's January 1st or December 31st. They think, you know, they, they consider you married the full year, right? And so when you look to file that first joint tax return, you know, what are some of the things, you know, you want to look at? One is You're
0: going to be shocked. I'll just, I'll just <laughs> throw that out there. You will be shocked. <laughs>
2: yeah, and a lot of times... You know, Kim, it's taking a look at tax withholding, right? Do you want to file a new W-4? Mm-hmm. You know, do you pay quarterly taxes? Do you have all the taxes withheld from the paycheck? You know, what other income sources do you have or deductions, et cetera, et cetera? So just making sure overall that you're having enough federal and if applicable state taxes withheld from paycheck. So when you file your first uh, tax return as a married couple, of you, you don't come back with a big surprise.
1: I think... Um One thing that even even friends and family members of mine who are maybe embarking on their first marriage in their 20s or early 30s are always shocked that for years as an individual renting an apartment, they were getting a tax refund almost every single year and they looked forward to it every April. And that first joint tax return, they actually owed some money. And that can be a bit of a shock and somewhat um, painful to weather, too, if you weren't planning on that expense. So to Chris's point, revisiting, do you need to change your withholding elections? Because you're now in a totally different tax bracket as a married filing joint taxpayer. So, yeah, certainly worth the conversation.
0: Yes, I seem to recall we owed something like $3,000. Mm-hmm. And that was a long time ago. And mm-hmm. it was I was angry. <laughs> yeah,
1: people, people tend not to guy. not enjoy surprise tax bills <laughs> that they weren't anticipating. Yeah.
0: Should we reconsider this whole marriage thing? <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so people are getting married. Um, and as you pointed out earlier, we're waiting a little bit longer to get married. It is never too early, though, at least to think about the let's hope everyone's happily ever after. Right. Um, so end of life considerations. Mm-hmm. Start talking about that, how that looks for you as a couple.
1: Yeah, I'd say, you know, when you get married, again, you do need to revisit things. Let's think back to the 20-year-old you who was single. Maybe you had a 401k through work. Likely you named maybe a family member, sibling, or your parents as the beneficiary on that 401k. Maybe You didn't maybe have a home at that point. So there weren't a lot of assets that you were planning on should something have happened to you. Of course, we'd suggest that once you reach age 18, you look to get a health care directive and a power of attorney in place in case you're ever incapacitated. You've named someone who can help make financial and health care-related decisions for you. But once you get married it's important to revisit and make sure everything is titled the way you meant it to be titled and that beneficiaries have been updated accordingly. And, you know, thinking about the basic estate documents, a will, again, that power of attorney for financial decisions and a healthcare directive for health-related decisions are kind of those initial starting points, I'd say, to look at and see just, have you named the right people? Have you named now your spouse maybe to be able to make those decisions on your behalf instead of maybe a parent who'd been serving in that role before? Updating those beneficiaries. But then too, maybe depending on your situation and circumstance, maybe you are part of a a family business or maybe you have a trust that you inherited from a grandparent. It might be worthwhile to talk with your financial advisor and your attorney about do would we benefit from a prenuptial agreement? And is that something that we should explore before we... Walk down the aisle. So certainly, never too early to have those conversations, and we actually encourage uh, you know individuals to start having them. The earlier, the better, because it's easy to update them along the way. They're not set in stone.
0: There's a lot of paperwork, and I know people don't like that. But really, what you're protecting—not just yourself, but you're protecting the people that you love.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You're creating a plan. You're you're making sure that the people you want to have a say in your care have that say, but that the people you want to inherit your assets are named appropriately.
0: I think one of the great disservice, uh, the entertainment world always shows, you know, the marriage, and then it ends, you know, and there's this happily ever after thing that came out of fairy tale books and that I wish they would say started the marriage and then show the journey after that. Yeah. We'd all learn a lot more, but I'm sure both of you have dealt with clients um, who just to be able to sit with them and walk them through this process, so that they're not all caught up in the gauze and the flowers, you know this gauzy view of the beautiful day. It's so much more than that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. This is a really exciting time and there's so much fun and, you know, be at the showers and the bachelor or bachelorette. There's a lot of really great and exciting things that happen around being married, but it's also a time to, as Chris mentioned before, create that strong financial foundation because you're absolutely right. A lot of what we read and hear about is that some of the hardest years of marriage are the first two. And, you know, a lot of that is likely due to just surprises. Maybe they weren't on the same page with how they were going to spend money. Something that I maybe think is critical, my husband might not agree with. But if we can talk about it openly and have conversation, again, create that shared Family values, what it what are we trying to achieve together? If we're all working towards the same thing, then there's less surprises or feeling like you're not heard or that your perspective's not being taken into consideration. And I think that's where having a financial advisory team and what we try to do for our clients or even the, the kids of our clients that we work with is create a platform for that open dialogue and conversation to ask these questions, to give each person a chance to share their story and perspective. So that not only they feel her, but then they can figure okay, how do we blend these together to create our family's value system going forward?
0: Yeah. And I'm looking at Chris because Chris and his wife just had two beautiful twins and this adds, this Thank is a you. family of five mm-hmm. babies. And um, I just have to think you must be grateful for the knowledge that you have because your foundation must be extremely strong <laughs> to support all of that.
2: Yeah. You know, my wife and I, are on the same page today. So, you know, you know we had our struggle like any married couple, but I think the real important piece is just going through, you know, what's important to you and you know, it's funny as we kind of went through that, you know, I came from you know, a blue collar kind of family and you know, we had what we needed and you know, we went without things that we could have enjoyed, right? But like most families today, but You know, at the end of the day, when you go through and kind of make your, you know, values and beliefs and talk through with one another, you know, money wasn't really on the top of our list. You know, it's an important piece of it, right, because we all have to pay the bills and, you know, put food on the table. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you work through that and really prioritize what your values and beliefs are, you know, the rest kind of takes care of itself. So, yeah, we are very, uh, very blessed and uh, excited to be a family of seven today.
0: Well, congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And thank you both. Um, It's an important topic, and I know that you speak to a lot of clients and their kids about this. So thank you for doing that as well, Elise and Chris, and all of you listening. Thank you very much. We hope you'll continue to listen to our other Navigating Life Transitions podcast. Get the full list of available episodes online at jnba.com. Click on the Insights tab, and that's where you'll find the podcast page also at jnba.com. You can help yourself to the free resources on that website. If you have questions about navigating a marriage, or if you want to learn more about how JNBA can help you with your financial life goals, give them a call at 952-844-0995. You can also use the contact form on jnba.com to schedule your complimentary no obligation call with their experienced multi-generational team. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kim Inslee, and I look forward to navigating more life transitions with you on our next
3: podcast. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Therefore, it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or undertaken by JNBA Financial Advisors, LLC, henceforth JNBA, or any non-investment related content will be profitable, equal any corresponding indicated historical performance levels, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. JNBA is neither a law firm nor a certified public accounting firm, and no portion of its services should be construed as legal or accounting advice. JNBA is not an insurance agent, and no portion of the above should be construed as insurance advice. All insurance issues should be addressed with the insurance professional of your choosing. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information contained in this podcast serves as a receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from JNBA. A copy of our current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at JNBA.com. The scope of services to be provided depends upon the needs and the requests of the client and the terms of the engagement. Please remember, if you are a JNBA client, please contact JNBA in writing if there are any changes in your personal, financial situation, or investment objectives for the purpose of reviewing, evaluating, and revising our previous recommendations and or services, or if you would like to impose, add, or to modify any reasonable restrictions to our investment advisory services. Unless and until you notify us in writing to the contrary, we shall continue to provide services as we do currently. Please note, all services provided by Kim Inslee are separate and independent of JNBA financial advisors. For complete disclosure information, please visit jnba.com backslash disclosure.